0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett. I'm the lead pastor, and we're on week three of our series called Decades, and on this third week, we're going to be talking about the 40s, and the title of today's message is Through the Forge, and we're going to actually be talking a little bit more about how life tends to heat up, the pressure builds in this decade uh, specifically Before we do that, I just want to kind of briefly summarize where we've been so far in this series to catch you up in case you've missed any of the weeks. If you have missed, I just wanted to give you a heads up. We podcast these messages every week, and you can just search Ridgeview Church Fontana in your favorite podcast subscription, and you can find that. And then also on our website and on YouTube, if you search for us, ridgeviewchurch.com, you'll find Uh, all the info of past messages. So I encourage you to listen, but here's the image of the series. And we started in the twenties and the bottom picture there of the person reading the book that represents the training in the twenties. And then uh, last week we talked about the thirties and you see the person that's shifted now from the training to uh, the building and they're working on the structure. And then if you go up now in the upper right of the image, you now see somebody that's on this building, this structure, but they're in the middle of the fire. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. And the next week, the last part of this image you see on the far left there, somebody that's actually pouring out this like big old canister of of water. And that's where we're going to end talking about the fifties and the sixties. And so a week one was laying the foundation training in your twenties. And the goal in your 20s is to be hungry to learn how life works according to God's ways. Last week we talked about building carefully, building in your 30s, the goal is to build life carefully again according to God's ways. Now there's a new theme word and today it is enduring in your 40s. Uh, endurance is something uh, that isn't maybe as intriguing as the other decades. Training, it actually sounds interesting like I can learn building Okay, there's something that I'm putting together. You can see it. But enduring actually kind of sounds painful, doesn't it? Like something you just have to kind of hold on to. And that's a lot of what the 40s can feel like. I want to give you the definition of endurance and to endure. This is what it means. It means to exist in the same state or condition. To experience pain or suffering for a long time. To deal with or accept something unpleasant. Again, training, building, and enduring. And then when you dig into that definition, wow, that actually doesn't sound that fun. It doesn't sound enjoyable. And that's because that's actually how life is in this decade. When you reach about the age of 37 to 45, there's a nagging question that keeps coming. And as you're a little younger, it's maybe quiet. And then it goes to a big scream. And the question is this, am I going to keep going? Or am I going to bail? Am I going to bail out on my responsibilities? Am I bail out on the things that are hard? And that nagging question again starts kind of as a whisper, but then can go into a uh, full-fledged scream. And in work, uh, many times by the time you're in your 40s, you've invested a long time in, in your work and career, and oftentimes you're kind of waiting for the next promotion. You're waiting maybe for that that pay raise. You're waiting for some fruit of your labor. And oftentimes in your 40s, it doesn't come as soon as you hope. And that can become such a burden uh, for all of us that are working hard in our our field. And that's just one of those ways we have to endure in our our work. Uh, In in family life, our kids uh, get older and it's in your 40s where they begin to kind of begin to make life decisions for themselves. Uh, They may be heading off, graduating high school. They may be uh, learning in high school, going into college, depending. There's a range there of kids, but now... We're enduring just, are my kids equipped to make these decisions that they're about to make? Uh, Do they have everything that that I was supposed to teach them and train them? And that can be something that nags at us as well. Uh, In church and ministry here at Ridgeview, uh, if you've been plugging away and you're in your 40s, Lord willing, as you've been faithful, you've been given more responsibility. And again, what we've been talking about, more responsibility means more work. And that can be tiring as well in the middle of the family pressures and in the middle of the work Uh, pressures as well. And then there's another thing that none of us want to talk about, but that's in your, your forties, how your body begins to fail you more than it ever has. The things that you could do when you were younger, you can't quite do the same way. I just turned 40 in November and I can attest that this is true. Things that I would never have to think about just running a short distance. Now I I feel it. Maybe stretching in your twenties was optional well, in your 40s, stretching is now almost the whole workout. It feels like you've got to stretch before you do anything. And then after you do an activity, you're, you're stretching some more. And so you can you know, picture just all these things, the pressure's increasing, and then everything you've known, even your own capabilities, your mental, your body, your physical, emotional, those experience the pressure as well. So the bottom line is you feel like you're getting old. And in your 40s, you're beginning to look back and see, there's not as much time that I've had to experience looking forward. And you you see those that past seem shorter. I want to play a song. I played one last week for the 30s. and I want to play one this week uh, for the 40s. And it's by Lori McKenna and it's called People Get Old. And great title. It's true. People get old. We get old. You get old. I get old. Uh, but she has some interesting statements and she's actually written this song uh, for her For her father and for her kids kind of like this thing of what she's she's seeing and experiencing and she does a great job i think of putting the thoughts that we have internally into a song so we can kind of all experience it so let's listen and i want to highlight a couple things one day you find yourself saying the things they said you'll be walking down the hallway turning off every light switch when you twirl your key be running off making a life just like you did houses need paint winters bring snow nothing says love like a band of gold babies grow up and houses get sold and that's how it goes The people you love get old. Now, I hope that song was, was interesting. Uh, she's a great singer, songwriter, but she, she mentioned one phrase that I thought was really interesting. She says, time is a thief, pain is a gift, the past is the past, it is what it is. Every line on your face tells a story somebody knows. That's how it goes. You live long enough and the people you love get old. And that's another aspect of the forties as well is the people that you do love your parents, aunts and uncles, the people that you've maybe had relationships with your whole life. You begin to see them getting old and, and they also pass away. And that's another pressure that you begin to experience in your forties. Your you're getting old yourself and then the people around you, you're starting to see the wear and tear more than ever. So I hope today's Uh, message so far. I know it seems kind of somber, but I I hope it gives you a sense of how we can make the most of enduring and actually how enduring uh, can be a gift. And so I want to start with what the goal is in the forties. And it's this keeping the right priorities and enduring in faith. Now notice I didn't say enduring in yourself or enduring in life. It's actually enduring in the faith that is you don't have to keep putting the pressure on yourself to hold everything together whether it's your career or your family or your your body or your capabilities or your competence you actually look to god in the most pressure-filled moments you've faced so far in your life and you say god i need your help and in faith you trust that he will hear you he will come to you he will help you and guide you uh, in the moment. So keeping the right priorities and enduring in faith. And so I want to start with the idea of the priorities. One of my favorite scriptures is Matthew 6, uh, 33. This has always kind of served as like a compass to me, like just how to know if I'm going in the right direction. It's like that, that North point that I can keep my life focused on. And this is what it says. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Most of the time in your 40s, this will be tested uh, like you've never experienced before. And the idea is you're seeking the things of God. So many things are going to pull you in a direction. And again, that, that danger of bailing is very real. Because when there's pressure, you want to release the pressure. You want to escape the heat. You want to run away. But if you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and you orient your life around his priorities, the way he says to To work and be diligent, and how to love people and how to serve, how to be engaged in the church, how to sacrifice in your family. If you do all those things and you do it God's way and you're pleasing Him, then you actually see your life come together. It's not going to be easy. This decade is not an easy decade, it's the fire decade. But if you seek God first, He will help you. And that's the promise. Just keep that right. A priority. It's not the easy way. It's the hard way. It's not the fast way. It's, it's the long way, but it is the right way that God can really show you in new ways that you've never experienced before, how real he is and how good he is and how life again uh, comes together. So that's the right priorities. Now let's talk a little bit about enduring In the faith, endurance is actually something that comes again and again in scripture as something that is so positive. Again, when we define it, it sounds like, wow, I'm having to face suffering and pain. I'm gonna be in problems and unwanted circumstances. No way. But endurance is actually something that solidifies your faith like nothing else. When life gets tough and the circumstances you face are not what you want, when you choose to please God despite that, your faith grows in new and exponential ways. I check out this scripture in 1 Peter 1. It says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials or problems, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Christ. Now that scripture talks about a few things that I think are very interesting. The first is that it's assuming that we will face trials of various kinds. that That means in each area of life, uh, there's going to be hard things. And again, in our 40s, those hard things begin to really develop more than ever. It doesn't mean that in your 20s and 30s you're not going to face problems. We we all do, and we all will. And it doesn't mean that once we turn 50 that those problems aren't there anymore. But again, it kind of all comes together at once in this decade. And so Peter is just saying, you know what? All these trials are going to come to everyone. But specifically in our 40s, that's when that endurance theme really begins uh, to be so important. And it says that the tested genuineness of your faith. Now, if you want to know how real your faith is, what Peter is saying is, what do you do in those trials? That's why it's so important. It's like this fire that purifies your faith. The pressures that you experience at home and the pressures you experience at work, the pressures you experience in in your finances, and as you kind of deal with your own life and what you're you're living for, all of those, as the heat comes up, begins to kind of show your motives, show what's really important, how you spend your time and, and your resources. So what Peter is saying is when the fire gets turned up, you begin to see what's real. And when you know it's real, you can actually have a sense of what you're living for. You don't have to wonder. If you want to know what's important to you and you want to know what makes sense to you and what drives and motivates you, what do you do when things are difficult? I was thinking about that in my own life. My own life, sometimes what that testing of my faith does, it shows that I don't have as strong a faith as I thought. I can go internal, try to figure out how to solve my own problems in my own independence. I can maybe turn to others to bail me out or to save me. But what God wants to show us is that when the fire gets turned up and we turn to him, our faith now has like this new foundation, this structure, it's got steel that now can withstand any pressure. And we've been hearing on the news of All these states that are experiencing terrible weather and our prayers go out to the different people in the Midwest and the Northwest where winter storms have mounted. And I don't know if you've seen the stories, but so many people's pipes are busting and the water is in the pipes and it's freezing and freezing and expanding and it's causing so much damage. Well, that's that same kind of of pressure. But what God's saying here is like when the pressure mounts, instead of it, it freezing and us just getting hardened by life, When you turn to God, it's again, it's like this release valve where you're like, okay, God, he he helped me. My heart does not need to be hardened. I don't have to get stuck. He actually gives me what I need. He gives me the help in the moment and I can experience the release of the pressure. Doesn't mean the problems go away, but it means that he's now taken my burden. This is such good news. This is so helpful uh, in, in life. And so Peter's just instructing us and helping us. And again, this, this is the time where we can really look, God, in the middle of all I'm facing, will you help me? Uh, there's a phrase that I learned a few years ago that was really uh, helpful for me. Again, what the fire and the, the pressure reveals, and it's this, what we endure for, like what we tend to endure, shows what we, we stand for. So whatever we endure, whatever we kind of stay and we are committed and we stay in there, shows what's, again, really important. So I I just want to encourage you, whether you're in your 40s or not, if you're feeling the pressure and you're kind of sensing the fire in your life get turned up, what are some things that you're seeing? That's a great question to ask yourself. Are there some things that you're seeing about your response and your attitude that maybe isn't good? Are there some patterns that you can see? When my life gets difficult, I tend to do these same things again and again. And just ask God to show you, okay, God, will you show me? Are there some things that I I need to focus on? So we've talked about the goal, the right priorities, setting myself to actually look to God in his ways despite the pressure. That means I'm going to dig into the scriptures. It means I'm going to pull into community. I need to be a part of group life so I can be encouraged. I need to be praying and releasing, again, the pressure and talking to God about what I'm facing. And then I need to be able to kind of evaluate and see my responses, my attitudes, all these things Are helpful in this decade, helping us align our priorities and enduring that faith and solidifying it. So that's the goal. Well, what's the danger? The danger is this bailing and abandoning responsibilities, which could result in a loss of integrity and influence. Very interesting. All of us want to be known as people who have integrity. We stand by what we say. We follow through We're faithful, something that we talked a lot about in the 20s and the 30s. In our 40s, we want to be known. We want to have a reputation for these kind of people. And then we want to have influence, right? We want to make a difference. We want our kids to still listen to us. We want to still team if you're married with with your spouse. You want to still have this marriage where you're you're on the same page and you still have a love for each other and you're going in the same direction. And then in our job, we want to be known as someone who could be counted on. Again, all these things we begin to question in our 40s, like, is this going to be true? But what's so interesting is if you do bail and you run away to make your life easy, you actually immediately lose your influence. People will no longer follow you because you've bailed. You've lost your integrity because people now don't know if they can count on you. So there is so much at stake in this decade. And so I want to just kind of focus on two examples of this to make it real from the scripture. Again, God's so helpful. Uh, He knows what we face in this season, in this time, in this era of history. And sometimes we can think, well, nobody's known the problems that I've known or I've experienced or the pain or the pressure. And there's a lot of uniqueness to your life and to mine, but there's also common patterns and themes that really throughout history we can learn from, and specifically in the scripture, God's given it to us so that we can learn from good examples and bad examples. And I wanna talk about two characters from the New Testament. These were real men who were a part of expanding Christianity in the first century. They were a part of helping the apostle Paul he was the person that on the road to Damascus, God got a hold of his life. He went from persecuting Christians to trying to stop the Christian movement to becoming really the biggest missionary of Christianity that we've ever known. And he enlisted many teams of people, and he called them fellow workers, this team. And there were two firewalking friends that experienced a lot of pressure, and the, the friends were, were Demas and Timothy. And these are, again, real people who had responsibility to be a part of spreading the movement of Christianity. And I wanna share their story because their responses show really the, the goal of the 40s and the opportunity, and then also really what's at stake if we fail to hold on in the middle of the fire. And the first is an example that we can follow in the person of Timothy, and then an example to avoid. Well, let's start with the example to avoid. Me, usually, I like to focus on the bad news first and then get to the good news. So let's focus on Demas and kind of the the situations that he found himself. Again, he was a partner in the ministry. He was doing a great work. He was sacrificing his life to expand Christianity. He was all in, as they say. He had just devoted himself. This is what I want to do. And we, We find in the book of Philemon, that he is again, this, this fellow worker. notice what it says. It says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. And notice again, these people, some are getting thrown in jail. The pressure is getting turned up. They're experiencing persecution. And then you see this picture. Here are these fellow workers, and Demas is named among them. But somewhere along the way, we don't know exactly what caused this, the pressure, the heat, and all the things that he was doing caught up to him. And he he burnt out, he bailed out. And notice this description in 2 Timothy 4. It says, for Demas, this is the same person in love with this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Now, I don't know about you, but there is a lot that has happened from this fellow worker being all in to now becoming a person that's not in love with Jesus anymore, but is in love with the world. And in love with the world is really meaning in love with its ways, in love with its priorities. You know, Again, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. The world's way is seek first my own kingdom. Notice the stark difference. The scriptures say, you know, you lay your life down. You put the goals and interests of others above your own. My way is seek my way first, my goals, my interests. And then maybe if I have some energy left, I'll look out for other people. We don't say that, but that's what drives us a lot. We want to be competent. We want to solve our own problems. We want to be independent. And along the way, Demas went from this fellow worker all in to falling in love with the world and deserting his team. And the reason he did is is the pressure got turned up. And instead of turning to God for help, he turned inward. And as he turned inward, he began to look at now a new way. A new measure of success. And he's looking at the people around him, just like we do. And you begin to look and you compare yourself to others. And he's probably thinking like, I was all in. I've done all this for Jesus. What do I have to show for my life? And I begin, I'm sure he began to just kind of oh, get a little bitter at that. Maybe get a little angry. Things seem like they'd be a lot easier if he was building his career. If he was kind of pursuing maybe some of the fun things that others that he knew were doing. And so the pressure got turned up and he bailed and he lost his integrity and he lost his influence. And now we're talking about his life today. Isn't that so fascinating? So Demas is the example to avoid. Now I want to show you the example to follow. And this is again, the fellow worker, uh, Timothy. Timothy is the one who endured. He actually, despite the pressure, he hung in there. And Second Timothy, uh, again in chapter two, uh, says this, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So I wanna start. If you wanna be like Timothy in this example we should follow, it happens in a few different ways. And I just read it. The first is you gotta find strength in God's grace. Instead of comparing And looking at what you're missing out and looking at maybe for the easy way, you find strength in the grace of God. The grace of God is unmerited favor. That is, he's going to take care of me. Instead of trying to find strength in myself, I find strength in him. And the fact that despite my shortcomings, I don't have to try to figure life out myself because I know I can't. I can look to God for help. So I can find strength in his grace. So that's key to enduring. You don't find strength in yourself. You don't find strength in others. You don't find strength in your plans. You don't even find strength in your past successes. You find strength in God's grace. That is, no matter what I've done, no matter where I've been, God will take care of me. And because of his son, Jesus, who died on the cross for my sin, so that my sins not going to be held against me, I'm not going to have to face judgment for that. I've been forgiven. I can endure what I'm facing right now. It's the grace of God that helps us in the moment. Because if God's going to take care of us to conquer death, to die for us, to sacrifice, He's going to take care of us as we face hard things. He's proven that. And that's how we find strength in His grace. The second, in Timothy's example, is this remember that you're not alone. Check out this scripture. This is the next verse. It says, And what you've heard from me, in the presence of many witnesses, this is Paul talking to Timothy, his protege, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. I love this. What Timothy is saying speaks directly to that integrity and that influence. Paul is speaking to Timothy and reminding him of these two things. And he starts with, what I showed you, what you've seen in my life, I want you to remember there are so many people around you that you now have an opportunity to build this into as well. When you're alone or you think you're alone, it becomes a lot easier to bail. It becomes a lot easier to just decide to quit, right? Because no one's necessarily counting on you. No one may even notice if I kind of just you know, go in this route at work and kind of do the easy way. Or maybe at home, I just start to check out. Just become less and less involved. Do my own thing more and more. isolate myself. When we're alone, we just think, it's just me. It's just my life. I can do what I want. But what Paul's saying to Timothy is, oh, always look around. And there are many people, witnesses. It's like they're watching. They're watching and they're ready to actually do what they're called for to do. And so he's just encouraging Timothy. You've got these faithful men that you can entrust, that you can teach endurance to, that you can teach the seeking first, the priorities of God. And as you do that, they'll do that to others. And as they do that to others, the others will do that too. And you see this, this is how the kingdom grows. Faithful people who hold on, who please God, who follow his priorities, they set an example. And that example is so powerful. It's the example of a life. And if you live this, and you remember you're not alone, you can have an impact. There's so much at stake. Your kids are watching. Your neighbors are watching. Your coworkers are watching. Your extended family's watching. If you're a follower of Christ, everyone's wondering, is your faith real? They may be even deciding for themselves. Is this Jesus worth following? And it could be in your 40s through the things that you endure, God uses you to change many lives because you hang in there. But you gotta remember the strength is in God's grace and you're not alone. And this leads to the last encouragement that Paul gives to Timothy. And you know he was filled with so much discouragement because of Demas, but he gives this, this kind of this just challenge to, to his friend, his protege, and it's this. Stay focused and don't bail out. If you're in your 40s, stay laser focused despite the fire and the pressure and don't bail out Now, if you remember, he ended verse 3 with this: Share in suffering as a good soldier in Christ. Jesus, a soldier is always in battle. If you're a follower of Christ, no matter what you do, you're in battle. You're always on. It means you always have to be watchful and careful of the way you live your life. And then Paul builds on that with that laser focus and not, not bailing. And he's saying, Don't, don't get entangled with civilian pursuits. What it means is don't lose focus of what the most important things are, to love God with everything in your life, to love people, to extend yourself, to serve, to lay down your life. And it's so easy, just like Demas, you start to love the different ways of the world. They appeal to you. And Paul's saying, don't get entangled. Be focused on the mission. You want to please the one who's enlisted you, which is Jesus himself. He died for us. He rose again to new life. He's moving forward the kingdom of God. And he's saying, fellow soldiers, join me in this global effort to change the world with the light that I bring. And it's a great picture. But then Paul gives another analogy just in case it's not sticking. And now it's the athlete. You don't bail on the competition. You don't give up. If you've been in athletics, you know, athletics, training, competing, it's so difficult. But if you are gonna focus on the prize, you, you, you have to keep hanging in there. You have to keep training. So for the Christian, it means you have to keep turning to Christ for help. Again, getting into the word of God daily, spending time with him, committing yourself to the things that are important getting time with fellow believers, encouraging each other. And then he goes to another analogy and now he talks farming. So soldier, athlete, farmer, and now the picture of fruit. It takes a long time from the seed to get in the ground for the fruit to grow. Isn't this crazy? You just see like how much just Paul is just imploring and encouraging Timothy, don't bail my son, my brother, whom I've invested in, hang in there. The farmer who plants the seeds doesn't just walk away and forget. You have to come back. You have to water. You have to weed. You have to make sure that you're taking care of it. And as you do, the fruit will come and it will bless. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're in your 40s specifically, as a church, we want to pray for you. Uh, We want to help you. We want to be there for you. Don't bail. If, If you're a dad and you're experiencing just these pressures in a new way, don't bail turn to God and ask for his grace to help you. If you're a mom, many times you can feel like you're not doing enough and you may be torn in so many different directions, but God will help you. Trust yourself to him. If you're feeling overwhelmed in your career, it's again, turn to God for help. Ask him, he he will help you. As I wrap up, I wanna give uh, some next steps uh, for you. Uh, These are just some ways uh, that we can encourage each other if you're experiencing the fire and the pressure. And so uh, here they are. The first is pray for somebody. If there's somebody in your life you know right now that just seem like they're overwhelmed and they're experiencing the fire, maybe they're just lots of problems have been happening and man, it just seems like things are unraveling. Um, don't need to necessarily point that out yet, but start praying for them. Just start praying. Like there is a lot of things that are happening in people's lives right now. Uh, in our connect group recently people just shared their prayer requests and there's just loss of of life and so much you know pain and different things that are happening and people mourning and and man we just need to pray for each other we need to pray for god's grace that people will really experience His help so just who comes to mind for something that you can pray for and mark that on your connection card the second is share with someone about the fire you are walking through again i mentioned this as a church we want to walk with you in the fire. You are not alone. With God's help and his grace and the community that he's given us in this church, we can help each other. And so you may just need to bring someone in. You just need prayer. You may need someone to listen to you. You may need some advice. You don't know where to go and what to do because the pressure is is mounting, the fire is turned up. So just make a mo, you know, just put something on the calendar for this week where you could talk to somebody. And then the last is just a blank next step. What is another way that you just sense that this is something that you you need to do based on what I've talked about? It could be that there's just some things going on where that love of the world is just really appealing to you and you've maybe made some decisions and choices in that way. You just need to kind of repent. Let's turn away from that. Go back to the love of God and his kingdom and his ways. Every day we need to check our hearts with that. It's easy to get pulled off course. So I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I hope this hour has been something that that God will use to help you as you face the pressure. We're here for you, we love you, and we wanna help you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for examples in the scripture. And we can all be like Demas, who had good intentions in the beginning and then got sidetracked and then got taken out. Our hearts can be so divided, God, show us the things in our hearts where we just love the world and its ways more than you in your ways. Show us that right now, God. Just bring that to light. And God, I pray that we will turn to you for help, that we will rely on your grace, that we will remember that we are not alone. And God, that we will keep the priorities, the priorities, just show us more of you in your ways. Help us to grow in understanding who you are. Give us a love for your word so we may learn. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who died and rose again for us. Amen.